Hey friends, just wanted to hop on here and share some thoughts that I've been thinking about for quite some time now, at least a year. And I want to do a few episodes on this idea of grief. Grief is something that we are all familiar with. And my disclaimer is this, I am not an expert on grief. I'm just a human that's been through some things much like all of you. And what I've noticed over the last couple of years especially is that church folk, they really have a hard time with this idea of grief. I've had several conversations lately with some friends and it keeps resurfacing, this tension. There's this tension of living in the brokenness of our everyday world where we suffer loss and the devastating consequences of sin. Yet the hope and goodness of God that fills the pages of Scripture. And most people don't like tension. Tension exists within our world and everyday relationships and strained marriages and friendships even. Even in our relationships with our children as parents. But tension can also be a good thing. Take, for instance, the tension of the strings on a cello. If that tension had not been there, then beautiful music could not have been written and played and enjoyed. There's a tension of the bow that launches the arrow into great distances. Tension isn't always a bad thing. But this idea of grief I first experienced in 2014 when my brother unexpectedly died at the age of 39. I didn't know what to do with what I felt. I didn't know how to process. I didn't know how to reconcile questions that I would never have answers to. All I had was the tension of my reality in which my brother was now gone and the reality of God's scripture. Fast forward, several years later, I would leave a ministry that I had moved down here for. I had invested my life into this ministry for 12 years, and it abruptly ended through no fault of my own. Here I was, grieving again, not understanding why something I held so dear to my heart was no longer, no more. And with that leaving came an ending of many friendships. Fast forward to the summer of 2022. Within a span of two months, I was at four different funerals. The first for a co-worker. The second for my big sister, who passed away at the age of 46. And the last two were former students of mine whom I once taught. One was 18, one was 12. Four funerals in two months. I felt numb. I felt confused. The only way I knew how to process and to try to move forward was to listen to TED Talks on grief. And it was somehow comforting and healing to listen to those TED Talks. 
I listened as various people shared, and they were able to put into words what I was feeling, but could never find the words for. Brene Brown says this, Owning our stories of heartbreak is a tremendous challenge when we live in a culture that tells us to deny our grief. I had prayed for my sister's healing. She had suffered terribly with a rare form of cancer, ampullary cancer. God had done beautiful things in our relationship. And I can see how he was working things out for our good in the midst of it. But I was still devastated when she passed away on that summer evening. I didn't understand why God would allow my big sister, who was a faithful witness of Jesus, to pass. Was I thankful she was no longer suffering? Absolutely. But I was sad for what I would no longer have. Brene Brown also says this, Grief seems to create losses within us that reach beyond our awareness. We feel as if we're missing something that was invisible and unknown to us while we had it, but is now painfully gone. Grief is mourning any kind of loss, and we often think of loss in the terms of death, but there are many things that each of us grieve that are still living. Maybe grieving a friendship that is now no longer what it once was. Maybe it's grieving a job or the ability to do a favorite hobby that now our health or time or energy no longer allows us to do. We can grieve a broken relationship with our child, a wayward son or daughter. We can grieve a dream that we had that will never come to be. We all face grief, and when COVID hit several years ago, it flipped our world upside down. And there has been no sense of normal since then. Many lost loved ones. Many lost their health and now struggle with breathing and, and different uh, different side effects from having COVID. Many lost their businesses, their wealth. And it felt like the world was somehow on fire. And while you hope it gets better, it seems like everyone is on edge. On Friday, I was at a local bakery picking up six dozen cookies for a going away party. And we were there first thing in the morning and we couldn't call in our order. And we placed our order, which was an $80 order. And the lady working said, next time you need to call this in. And I thought, my goodness. Clearly, she's grieving. See, the reality is, we, we have this false idea that everyone's lives are put together. We see the Insta reel or, or the Facebook snapshot of the green grass and the smiling children and the steak dinner by candlelight. 
But nobody posts the pictures of the Kleenex that have wiped our crying eyes for nights on end. No one posts selfies with the bags under our eyes because we can't sleep because we're hurting. Just today alone, I have a friend who's grieving that she will never be a mother. Another friend who lamented that she can't walk around the track because of the pain in her joints. And another friend who is sleeping in her car in the hospital parking lot as her husband battles. Both of whom just lost their second child, their last living child, months ago. Grief is real. Loss is real. And before we can talk about and tackle how to walk through grief individually and how we can walk through grief together, we have to first look at what grief is. Grief is losing someone or something that meant something to you and now learning how to live with that void. How do you honor your loved one's memory? How do you get over the dream that you had that now no longer will be? In October of last year, I was diagnosed with cancer. Months later, I would have surgery, a hysterectomy. I had always had a dream to have children of my own. And my dream was that my children would grow up with my sister's children. And now as my nieces and nephews are now teenagers, that dreamed seemed far beyond reach. But it hit me when I was at the doctor's office and I had to sign a paper, not once, not twice, but three times, acknowledging that I would never bear children of my own. Some have been quick to say, well, why don't you foster? You can always adopt. And while those are good ideas, helpful ideas, it is not the same as bearing children of my own. Grief is uncomfortable to most of us. We like to feel happy, joyful, like victors overcoming the odds. But what do you do when the pages of your story don't exactly line up with how you thought it would be or how you thought it should be? How do you reconcile those differences? How do you find a way forward when you feel stuck in the past? And as Christians, we want to help. We want to fix. This is why Christian cliches have become so popular, disgustingly popular. Faith over fear. God won't give you more than you can handle. God's plans for you are good. God has a purpose. Chances are you've said a few of your own Christian cliches that you've been told over the years, or perhaps maybe that you've said. And I think behind the heart of those cliches is someone who means well, someone who wants to help, someone who wants to fix. But are good intentions of the heart 
really good. I mean, Scripture does say that our hearts are desperately wicked. (laughs) So what is it that we do with grief? Do we ignore it and and busy ourselves with our to-do lives and, and chasing the next Pinterest project and slap Christian bumper stickers on top of the pain and mask it? That's not the answer. That's why so many end up addicted to drugs and alcohol. They numb out because they can't possibly ignore the pain that aches deep in their soul. The answer to grief is to sit with it. To just be. To let all of the thoughts and the emotions come. To speak it out. This sucks. This is hard. I don't like this. I'm angry. God, I don't understand what you're doing. I mean, I think sometimes we shy away from telling God what we really think. Do you know where the first game of hide-and-seek ever played was? It was the Garden of Eden. Think about it. Adam and Eve had this entire garden of pure beauty and perfection. Sin had not yet entered the world. But there was one rule. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It says that they walked in the cool of the day with God and had fellowship with him. That that had to be pretty incredible. Until one day Eve gets distracted and the enemy plants a seed of doubt in her mind and he says, did God really say? She was distracted and she ate of the fruit. And misery loves company. Sin is always more fun when others are involved. So she calls her boo thing over. Adam, baby, come taste this apple. And Adam eats of the fruit. And they're both naked and ashamed. So what did they do? They hid. And here comes God. Adam, Eve, where are you? Now we know that God is omniscient, meaning God knows all things. So why did God ask a question that he already knew the answer to? Is our God just a God of rhetorical questions? I think God asked Adam and Eve where they were because he knew that there was power in confessing. Hey God, uh, we're over here behind the rose bush because we're... Uh, naked and ashamed. See, there's power in confession. It says in the Bible to confess your sins one to another and in so doing, find your healing. Confession isn't just about confessing sin. Confession is, is saying the hard things out loud, saying the things that nobody wants to say. I am not okay. I am hurting. I am grieving. Why are we so afraid to be honest with God? 
He knows all. He sees all. See, the reality is, is if we can't be honest with God, we can't be honest with ourselves. And there's no way that we can be honest with each other. And so everyone is walking around with their hearts bleeding out raw and wide open. And everyone's trying to mask it and and front it and fake it. And then we're ticking time bombs on edge. Because we're grieving. And we don't know it. And grief is messy. There is no manual to grief. There is no timeline. What might take you 10 years to get over or to process through or to heal through could take someone else 30 years. And we don't like messy stories. We don't like unhappy endings. So what do we do with grief? We sit with it and we get honest. God, I'm upset. I'm not okay with this. I am struggling to see your faithfulness and your goodness in the midst of it. And we sit with it. We feel the ache. We feel the pain. And we don't give ourselves a timeline. We are our own worst critics. It's okay if you're a child of God and you feel sad. It's okay if you call yourself a Christian and you're depressed. It is okay to not be okay. You sit with your grief. You sit with the pain. And you clear out all the other noise and chatter. And you let it be. And that is where God meets us. Grief doesn't have to be perfect. Your grief will not look like anybody else's. Your mourning will look different than anyone else's because we're individuals. God hardwired us each in our own different ways. I know for me, I am rarely able to talk about my grief. But I find comfort in healing when I write. What works for me may not work for you. But we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think every human has two core desires, two core needs at least. One is everyone wants to feel seen. There is nothing more painful than crying and someone looks right at you and continues to walk. The second is this, everyone wants to feel heard. There are things in life that aren't going to have answers. There are going to be trials and tests that there won't be a solution for. And that's okay. Because most of the time, when someone shares with you, they aren't wanting you to fix it. They want to feel seen and heard. It is hard 
It is really hard to sit with those who are mourning and hurting and to listen and to just listen. Not to listen to respond, not to listen to fix it, but just to listen. It's really uncomfortable. But I know that when my friends have sat with me and listened, it brings a healing or a comfort in some small way. Grief is real. Grief is a part of life. We're going to get into some more specifics as we go over the next several episodes, but I just want to share a couple of verses with you tonight. Revelation 21.4 He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Psalm 147.3 He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 34.18 The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Friend, I don't know what you're grieving. I don't know what loss you're mourning. But I do know that the only way to deal with grief is to go through it. And we don't go through it alone. You may not have a friend who walks with you. You may not have anyone in your circle who you feel like gets it. No one may be asking you, hey, how are you doing? And, and nobody may be checking in on you. Life doesn't stop for grief. We all know that. But those three scriptures alone show us and prove to us that we are not alone in our mourning. We have a God who is near and holds us close. It says that he captures every single tear that we shed and stores it into a bottle. That means that your tears are precious to the one who knit you together. It's okay if you're mad at God. It's okay if you're disappointed. It's okay if you're asking questions. But just know that you are not alone. Father, I thank you that you love me, that you see me and you know me and you know every detail of my life. And God, I thank you that you are a God who considers our tears as precious. God, you are not put out by our grieving. You are not offended by our mourning. You are not disgusted by our tears. But God, you hold us so close to your heart in those seasons. And God, I lift up my friend tonight who is grieving. 
God, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know who it is, but God, you are so intimately aware of their lives and the details. And God, I pray that you would give them the grace and strength needed to sit with their pain. Not to shut it out or to numb it out or to silence it, but God, that they would sit with their grief and that they would feel your tangible arms around them. God, give us courage to own our stories of heartbreak. Give us faith to own our stories of heartbreak, knowing that somehow, in the middle of it all, in the mess of it all, you are there. And God, I believe that you write really good stories. There's a lot of chapters of my story that I don't understand. But God, I am confident and trust that you are working it out for my good. God, for those mourning tonight, hold them so close to your heart, Father. Hold them so close to your heart, God. Thank you for being a God of compassion a God of mercy, a God of loving kindness. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.